0: You've turned on Sexy Marriage Radio, where the best sex happens in the marriage bed. Here's your host, Dr. Corey Allen.
1: Well, hello there, Sexy Marriage Nation. Once again, this week we're going to be covering what's on your mind Yeah. Voicemails you've left. A
2: lot of calls this week.
1: The emails that have come in. Uh, We got a lot to cover.
2: Yeah, some good stuff out there.
1: And let's start with an email that came straight in about um, a couple weeks back when I made a comment about a new study that has come out on what is the optimal penis size.
2: Right. This was from the ladies that had tested out Uh, 3D printing.
1: Yes. And the 6.3 inches was discovered to be the optimal size. From the
2: sample size of 75 women.
1: All research is done by sampling. All right. But it's the idea also that the normal average size of penis was around six inches, give or take. And so an emailer emailed in and said, hey, I'm a longtime listener. It's an awesome show. And I love that you guys go deep into issues. You recently mentioned the average penis size is 6.3 inches when it's erect. I'm a human biology wonk in my work, and I'm aware that there's more research about if recently from the study of urology.
2: Biology wonk?
1: Yes. This okay. shows that it's actually 5.1 inches is the average size of penis.
2: That's a big discrepancy. It is. Okay.
1: But if you also look at the research, it shows there's a range as most things tend to have. And so they find the midpoint, which is somewhere in between the 5 inches to 6 inches mark. Okay. So he was just saying I would love if you guys would talk more about the fact that what what about the average men that are out there thinking, "Uh-oh. Now I'm concerned about my penis size." Because I'm not inches and the idea is actually women most most report that the pleasure comes from the girth not the length okay and so there is an element to how what how you use what you've got but this also goes back to and this is what is his email is pointing out size doesn't matter what really matters most is who's who is attached to
2: oh size matters but it's Gonna be, it's gonna matter individually to each individual woman and each individual man.
1: That's true, right?
2: It's it's what's my size compared to my spouse's size, right? Because vaginas
1: come in different sizes as well. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, but there is an importance of who it's attached to matters.
2: Who it's attached to matters more, I would say. Yes. And. How they use it. How you and use And how what you they got. use the rest of the body as well. I think that's the beauty is that... It, I don't know. I, I'm just talking well, from my assumptions I here. Getcha. But from what I've seen, that ladies are more interested in a lot of different areas of their own body and how they're touched in many ways, not just penetration from the penis. Exactly. So... Get creative out there.
1: Well, if you are new to Sexy Marriage Nation and Sexy Marriage Radio, uh, welcome. This is how we go. We, we go right into it. <laughs> no topic is off limits. Any questions you're afraid to ask, we'll answer them. Uh, if you've got something on your mind you want us to address, call our voicemail line, 214-702-9565. Or, if you'd like, you can also record a message on your phone and email it to us, feedback at sexymarriageradio.com, because where we are trying to steer... The information and the questions that we cover for topics is from your voice, is what we hope. Right. If, if you are too embarrassed to share your voice, feedback at SexyMarriageRadio.com. still get a chance to have, it, have, our, have your questions answered, but any voicemail gets first up. If you like what you, what you hear also, we ask you to jump on iTunes and subscribe. That helps us uh, increase the numbers in the charts and spread the word.
2: Yeah.
3: Subscriptions are the key.
1: Rate and review. And also you can subscribe on whatever whatever other means you use to listen to the show. Yep.
3: Hello. I just wanted to say I love your podcast. My wife and I discovered it. Well, she found it and suggested we listen to it and we both just love it. Um, So much more that I could go into, but just thank you so much. It's refreshing to hear you and to listen to this. And um, it has been great conversation starters for my wife and I as well. And has led to some pretty great sex, too. I really plan on and want to take my wife to your 2019 getaway, and I hope to be able to do that this year. My question has been on the last couple episodes, you've talked a little bit about different foods that can change the taste of some body fluids and semen. Um, And in previous episodes, you also talked about how important a healthy diet is, which I completely agree, and you hear everywhere. But I've just started a new fitness program, and my wife and I are just working on old keeping sex just a great thing for us and I was curious if you have any food suggestions or maybe like a sexy marriage diet of what foods maybe increase drive or aphrodisiacs does green tea really help a man's stamina are there foods that you should avoid or do you have any ideas or suggestions or um, anything along those lines so just curious and thank you so much for all you do
1: Well, first off, since he mentioned he's hoping he can bring his wife to the 2019 Sexy Marriage Radio getaway, that's going to be June 20th through the 24th in 2019 in the DFW area. Registrations will start up in a month or two.
2: Yeah, so hope to see you there.
1: Absolutely. But as for a diet, um, neither of us are nutritionists.
2: Yeah, disclaimer. <laughs>
1: so we keep, like to
2: eat healthy. Well, I do.
1: Keep that in mind. Good catch. Good catch, because that is true. Pam is much more uh, cognizant of what she eats as compared to myself. So I'll start with what you don't. What you don't want to eat is a lot of the fried food, and overeating will really h- hurt your sex life because it makes your body have to work overtime to digest, which will lower your libido. Sure. So it makes it to where you're not as interested. So if you have a big date night planned and you're hoping to have some real nice hanky panky later on in that date and you overeat, you might have ruined sex later. Yeah. Because you might just be too tired. You might lose your libido. Yeah. But if you're talking about what you should eat, obviously just a well balanced nutrition diet with raw foods, natural foods, natural
2: fruits and vegetables, you know, things. Low inflammation, all that kind of thing.
1: Right. Salmon. S-
2: stay away from the sugars. Yeah, so salmon has is super high in omega-3s, right? And that's supposed to, omega-3s help you stay hard. They help with erections.
1: Yeah, because most of the stuff that you're talking about to help your sex life is what helps your blood flow. Yeah. And if your blood flow can pump really well, then you that's going to lead over into sex for both of you.
2: Yeah, blood flow, you're talking endurance, right? So, well, back to blood flow, like ginger, if you like ginger, if you like, uh, you know, Chinese food or okay. sushi, things like that, that have ginger as ginger ginger your spice. Ginger as your spice is supposed to help with blood flow. Um, nuts like uh, pistachios, peanuts, and walnuts. Yep. They're real high in magnesium, which boosts energy and endurance. I mean, think of it, sex is. is you know, it's like exercise. It, it creates a lot of the same body changes yep. um, as w- if you're just going to the gym to work out. You're elevating your heart rate. Uh, your metabolism increases. You're burning calories. You've got muscles that are contracting. So, you know, when you're thinking about what's healthy for my sex life, eating, well, it's the same thing as for, for exercising and losing weight. Right. Um, you got things like tuna, tuna is high in B12. Okay. Okay. Um, if you're deficient in B12, then you're have a little more fatigue going on. Um, lower libido if you're deficient in B12 and weakness. So if you can keep B12 up, that helps with fatigue and, and libido and you're just plain old canned tuna has that.
1: Okay. The other thing that you can add, which, uh, it might not be a you might have heard it's not a good idea to eat garlic before a date because of what it would do for your breath. Yeah, but it is good for your body. That garlic actually is great for your; it's a blood thinner. Yeah, so it helps with the blood flow and with it. I mean, it's used for lowering cholesterol and to fight heart disease and blood pressure. So it, it's a yeah. it's a natural thing that helps. And then the last thing we have to add is a glass of red wine. Okay, it's just a good thing.
2: It is a good thing.
1: Because it does help the body.
2: I would agree with that. But it also
1: helps set a good mood. Yeah. And sometimes a good sex diet, really, the mood matters.
4: Yeah. Uh, Yes, I'm a new listener, and I was very interested in your podcast about the taste of a penis through diet, or actually you were talking about the taste of the ejaculate. Uh, And that was my question then. What about the overall taste of the penis? Does uh, Since it's an exterior organ per se, would your diet really affect the, the taste of anything on the outside? Uh, so basically beyond, uh, so I would say, basic clean, cleanliness uh, and keeping the penis clean and whatnot for uh, sexy times, uh, is there something to really be concerned about? Uh, also, I wanted to say that I found some alternatives um, as far as the taste of the ejaculate goes um, in that I do not actually ejaculate uh, in my wife's mouth because I certainly understand that she does not feel the need to do that, and it's not something that I think would be civil for someone to do, uh, and so an alternative that I come up with is what I call pinching, um, and basically, uh, I know from experience as a man, uh, you can pinch off the tube where the ejaculate travels down the length of the penis at various points and not ejaculate, although you feel like you ejaculate, and so recently, we did that, and it was a great experience for everybody. Nothing came out. Uh, And she was able to keep performing on me as I did things uh, and experienced uh, quite the wave of pleasure. So I thought I'd show that out there as a suggestion that if some people uh, are probably never going to get to the point where they can ejaculate into their spouse's or partner's uh, mouth. And that's probably nothing that anyone should be ashamed about not being able to be able to do. Uh, So uh, there are alternatives that I think happily uh, satisfy both parties. Thank you for your podcast. Love the show.
1: So, first off, the idea of an orgasm and ejaculation are not the same thing; they usually concur they're usually co- cocurrent as far as they happen at the same time, but they are two separate things so just a little nice scientific fact there about biology. but the other thing being um back to his question about food changing the taste of your skin, I've never come across anything that causes that uh obviously. The reverse can can be true. Um, I know smoke. If you're a heavy smoker or a heavy drinker, it can actually absorb your body, where you your your sweat, in the skin. Yeah. your sweat smells kind of like a smoke. It'll have a little tint of it. Right. So but that, the
2: skin is really about cleanliness. Right.
1: So it is just natural. How do you keep it? You know, just basic cleanliness and hygiene. But as far as his idea of pinching. This is an interesting thing because this is a technique that's been offered uh, as part of sensate focus or it's definitely used uh, and recommended by sex therapists for men that struggle with premature ejaculation. And it's a way to try to control your ejaculation and your stamina. And so some of the fears people can have with this, if if you do a research on the internet about this, is it it could create what's called an ejaculation, which because the ejaculate's got to go somewhere.
2: Right. And if, it, if it's right. been
1: built up in your body and it's trying to be expelled through sex and orgasm, it's going to go somewhere. So usually it can just be absorbed back into your body. That's just what the male body will do. Okay. Is that if you have your testes are producing... The sperm and part of the semen, and the rest of it comes from the inner inners of your body as well, from several different organs that create it. All it just gets absorbed back in. So there's really nothing I've come across that says there's a there's a real risk of that that, that, that it makes a major problem. Um, it could have a an issue where it bec- it creates a retrograde ejaculation, which means it only happens internally. And it actually goes up into your bladder because males, you know, unlike females, males use the same tube. The urethra serves double duty for urine and for ejaculate. And so if if you block it, it can, if the sphincter muscle is not closed tightly enough, it can go back up into your bladder. But that just gets absorbed and it comes out when you pee. So it's not an issue that I've come across as far as scientific concern. So okay. on, does it work? As as the caller's talking about, I'm going to take him at his, at his word that it, it can be an alternative to try. The one thing I would c- caution, though, is the idea that if you don't squeeze tight enough, it, it's like putting your th- thumb at the end of the hose. It's just going to make it go further.
2: Oh, okay.
1: <laughs> if you don't, that's close kind it of out, a funny thought. If you don't close it off completely, it's just going to go further.
2: It comes, it's a rocket.
1: Hi, Corey. So I uh, sent an email, but I definitely
5: want to move up in line. So here we go. Um, it is absolutely clear and overt that my spouse has absolutely zero interest in putting in time effort to grow our marriage, um, and I do want to grow the marriage. At least I want to grow myself. I'm I'm not interested in being I'm stagnant, um, but I have based on her very strong desire to not confront the things that are just part of business, I've committed to stop asking her for effort in the marriage. I've committed to not send marriage resources or, you know, things along those lines. Um, and I've even curtailed actually a significant amount of my own um reading listening research um, just because it's it's so disheartening and so frustrating and um, you know just a lot of times just leaves me more deflated and and just feeling badly than than before Um, so i certain i can't be the only person in a similar situation and i just want to know i mean how would a solid grown-up approach um, one not losing heart when you know your deepest um, needs aren't aren't important in the marriage and how would a solid person approach controlling and growing themselves in the situation I find myself in um, and how would a solid adult, respond in integrity, but recognizing that, you know, just like Costco, there are various levels of membership in this club, and if you aren't going to pay for the presidential membership, you don't necessarily get presidential perks, and how to do that without it being petty and um, antagonistic and just but also reflecting the reality that if you don't want a great marriage with me you know you don't get what someone in a great marriage with me gets and if even that is even within any lines of anyone behaving with integrity Um, thanks for what you do i love you guys for what you do and i hope you have some answers
1: okay so first off I hear the pain
2: certainly yeah
1: and and the the real struggle of almost defeat and in the way the caller's coming across so there's several things that are coming up in this Uh, the first thing that jumps out to me is the phrase the caller makes of it's obvious that my needs are not important Right. So how do I approach how do I approach a relationship when my needs are not important? Yeah. One thing that comes right off the bat is you approach it realizing my needs are important to me. They're not important to her. That's an entirely different path.
2: It well, It is an important path. Um, It's still painful Uh, when your spouse and the person you're really interested in having that. Community and relationship. Right. Your perspective is that they don't care about your needs at all.
1: Which is, sounds pretty accurate. Sounds like it. Right. So it comes down to, if I can make the distinction of realizing I still have on my shoulders of trying to be solid and live with integrity and character with myself, how do I live as though my needs are still important? And then where do I start to delineate what do I need to get from my spouse versus what could I also get from other avenues in healthy ways?
2: Yeah, keeping that key in, in healthy ways. Absolutely.
1: Because this is, this is the whole concept of this is the perfect description of gridlock, where what you want is blocked by what your partner wants. And so he's asking, and I love the way he's framed it, of how do I do this with integrity and not be petty? Yeah. Well, that's going to come down to uh, each person's perception and description of it. Because I could approach something that you might think of as petty in the way I'm approaching it. But that doesn't mean your way gets to dictate the entire term.
2: Uh, Sure.
1: Because if I still feel like, no, this is not being petty, I'm not being vindictive, I'm not being manipulative that's covert then that's for us as a system to navigate and not try to succumb to each other. Because think of it, most of the time when we hit gridlock issues, most couples try to get around this by just caving. One person just caves in.
2: And maybe they call it compromise?
1: Yeah, they would. That's what what a lot of the um, self-help, marriage help out there talks about, is compromise is vital to marriage, when in reality, most of the time, compromise is actually caving. True comp- compromise only happens when both parties can make a choice knowing, I may, I may not get what I want and I might be disappointed about this, but I'm not going to hold my partner responsible for my disappointment. It's my choice. And that's what I hear him asking.
2: But when you cave, you do hold your, your partner responsible for your yeah, choice? Yeah, because you're just
1: trying to get rid of the anxiety and the tension that's going on in the, in the moment. Okay. And then typically we feel like at the, the darker side of us, the worst in us, will come out and say, hey, I gave in last time. you got to give in this time and that becomes that becomes the round and round we go with marriage. So he's asking some real pointed questions which would be how do how do I figure out when what I want is not what my partner wants?
2: Yeah, how do I how do I um how do I act how do I control a this, this situation that I really can't control?
1: Yep. And and so this comes down to Resting on your own shoulders of how do you in, not encourage or manipulate, you just live. And that's kind of what he's already doing.
2: It's what it sounds like. You
1: start doing some examining of, okay, the real major pressure points that I've got in my marriage. What are the meanings I have associated with these things? And let's take sex, for example. So what if you're seeking sex and it's coming out of emptiness a majority of the time? Our partner's going to pick up on that. Our spouse knows that. And so sometimes they start rebuffing it because they don't want to always have to try to fill you up in that regard.
2: Yeah, that can be very tiring.
1: Yep, because that turns into anxiety release or validation or ego stroking or something like that rather than just penile stroking. So it's looking at it as, okay, what am I seeking and why? What does it mean? And if I can examine some of those things, I likely will start to come up with this idea of, wait, I have a lot of emptiness I'm seeking to have filled, without being honest about the fact that I'm empty and hoping that they'll fill it.
2: Okay. I, now I'm I'm I got to look in at the notes I was taking and talking about what he was doing here. Yeah. And and you're talking about emptiness and some of the things he's doing and switching. And I go back to one comment that he made and maybe I'm just totally throwing you off track. But one of the comments he made was that he's curtailing his own research. Right. So he's he's the one that's been pushing or trying to get her maybe to listen to episodes of Sexy Marriage Radio Mm -hmm. or do whatever they can. And now he's curtailing his own research, which is just... that breaks my heart right um but is there i'm wondering that energy that he feels like maybe in the past that energy he spent on trying to make things better in research how can that energy be focused to something else that can help him in this
1: well so that that's talking about trying to create a more well-rounded life That if if you've got some things that uh, you have squashed passion to channel towards another passion, how do you bring those other passions back into play?
2: And maybe that brings something else to the table. That
1: often does because what it does is it creates that scenario of, I don't need you. I want you. Yeah. And if I can live a more full functioning life and my spouse is willing to let me go, well, then there's my answer. Possibly that may not be the answer I want out of integrity, but then I can at least know I'm choosing this. Yeah. Which, if you can reach the point, as as the, this crucible unfolds, of realizing I'm not going to get everything I want in my marriage with this with the woman I've got, but I, that's okay. I choose this. Yeah. That's a different way to go into it rather than martyrdom. Right. And so yeah. it's it's seeing this as in what areas are you are you over functioning. When it comes to your marriage, which is the idea of I'm doing all the research, I'm sending articles, which a lot of times higher desires do this because we think more knowledge will wake up the lower desire. Doesn't happen most of the time that way. So recognizing, okay, I could still research things to make sure I'm well-rounded, but I just don't necessarily need to share it. I need to live it because the whole goal would be if I live it and my spouse picks up on some changes when they ask... Where are you picking some of these things up? I'm I'm noticing something different. There's my in. Mm-hmm. That's been our journey. Yeah. That when I was in school and learning this stuff, I came home at first and would just unload everything I had learned on you until you finally were like, you got to stop. Oh, gosh. I don't care about that. I don't whatever. That's, that's, that's too crazy. Whatever well, and It,
2: it was is. school language. I couldn't take it. I, I didn't understand enough. it.
1: Fair enough. But it's also then realizing, okay, my path is making the well-rounded me the best I can be. And whenever that pressure would fall out on my spouse, she would then feel that and sense it, which then she has to face her own stuff in it and either ask the question or get me to hold on to something else, or we, we really have to face what's going on. Yeah, So it's seeing this as in every marriage, there's an overfunctioner and an underfunctioner on most every topic. So stop overfunctioning, which he's already doing. Because that's what he's describing. But don't cease functioning. Huge distinction difference. Yeah. Then the other thing is to recognize if I'm coming at things out of emptiness, how do I find more fullness inherently in myself? which the thing that comes to my mind is I used to make phone calls to my wife when I was bored because I wanted her to make me feel better about myself just by hearing her voice. Of course, I'm married to a woman that when she's at work, she gets in a zone, and if you interrupt that zone, it's a frustrating moment for her.
2: Somebody out there has to be just like me. (laughs) I'm sure
1: there's a lot just like you. But anytime I would call and you would be, What? What do you need? You know, because I had just just interrupted you, and I'm hoping to hear I was just thinking about you. I'm so glad you called. I've been I'm the luckiest woman on the face of the planet because I'm married to you. And I didn't hear that, and I would then get hurt because I didn't realize what I was actually seeking, Mm -hmm. but I didn't get it, and so I'd just be hurt. And then I would always reply with, with, to your question of what do you want with, oh, I was just calling to hear your voice <laughs> or something, which is kind of, I thought, an endearing thing until you start to realize that's a weak stance. It there's, was. There's times where you can say that a little more boldly because it's, there is a difference to, I was just thinking about you and I wanted to hear your voice. That's a different statement than, oh, I was just wanting to hear your voice. You know, that's a, I'm, I'm pulling it all back. Because I'm hoping, if I was honest, that Pam would help me feel better about me. And right. so now, to this very day, anytime I pick up the phone to make a phone call, when I'm in a bored state or driving state and I don't have something specific and pressing that I need to an answer for, I ask myself, why am I calling? Before I hit dial.
2: Much appreciated, by the way. You're welcome. Yeah.
1: But it's seeing it as... The, the distinction between emptiness and fullness is most often felt by our spouse before ourselves. And so this is where years mm. ago I would make the statement about sometimes when you're talking about the dynamic between higher desire and lower desire, the lower desire is the one that's got the clearer view of what, the, what kind of sex is really happening because they realize the sex that's happening isn't worth wanting because the higher desire is coming at it from emptiness a majority, if not all the time. And so, if I'm having sex to fill up my partner's cup only, just so that they feel better about themselves, I risk being sucked dry completely.
2: So that's certainly a scenario here. Sure. Uh, we, and you know, we don't know all the details of what's going on in this in this home, but um, certainly, kind of wrapping up with that the. Living a more full you, yes. I think refocusing that energy on what is it that, that makes you tick? What is it that fills your cup up that maybe makes a, a more enticing story on and, the other side? And
1: Some of that is going to be to the exclusion of a wife and family, and some of it would be to the inclusion of a wife and family. Because there's some things you're gonna do that they're gonna have no interest in wanting to be a part of. that's that's adult relationships. yeah, that's that's just part of life. But then there's also some that you would love it if they came along, I would guess. so invite yeah, and maybe they come because yeah. that's the difference of you you be something that's worth being with. And if you live that long enough, I think we start to find better answers of, okay, well, obviously, this is not it. now I can now I at least know. This is what I'm really facing.
2: Yeah, and this guy sounds totally solid, and that's who he wants to be. He wants to be that solid person, respond with integrity, grow himself up. He's already on that track.
1: Yep, so just stay the course, cut out the covert, and make it more overt in the sense of how you're living, not encouraging or manipulating.
6: Hi, guys. I just want to begin by saying I like your show. I listen to you on podcasts. Um, you guys are like the home group leaders that uh, we'll talk about what nobody else wants to talk about, so I appreciate that. Um, I'm a married man of 20 years almost, um, a higher desire in the relationship. I'm actually calling in regard to the, the gentleman, two gentlemen that called in, one that was saying his wife is just not into uh, intimacy at all, didn't believe it was part of the marriage, and the other fellow who um, was calling in saying his wife is just, uh, not into it, um, you know, just hurry up and get this over with. Um, I'd actually like to respectfully disagree with the fact that um, the last uh, podcast you guys said that, um, you know, somebody has to lead, and that's true. Somebody does have to lead. Um, personally, um, you know, uh, you can lead, um, but that doesn't always mean that that um, you can impose your will even if you want, but it doesn't always mean that they'll, they might even go along with it. It doesn't always mean that they're going to absolutely engage, and I think that's the thing that that these other two gentlemen really are after is that um, it's not only just the sex at that point. I think they want to really have an intimate connection with their, their spouse. And um, personally, this has come up in our, in my marriage. Um, uh, my wife and I have discussed things and I told her, you know, we've, you know, I said, I don't just want to have sex. I actually want to have a connection at this point, you know, and so we've had candid conversations about that and, She's actually told me, um, we've come to an agreement, she's actually told me um, before, you know, and it still goes on that, you know, it's like, hey, you know, I know you want a connection right now, but, you know, I just, I'm tired or I'm not into it or whatever and everything. But she'll actually say, I'm here for you if you just need a release, but um, I'll get back to you with, you know, a time where we can sit down and, you know, be together in, in the way you want to. So, um but it did take a candid conversation. And it actually took me saying, you know, well, then I'll wait until you are ready. And I guess that kind of, you know, took my wife aback and saying, oh, wow, he just doesn't want to do this. He actually wants to have a connection with me. So, all that to say, I hope that uh, that helps uh, these two gentlemen out. And um, again, thanks for uh, taking my call.
0: Hi, um, I'm actually calling to respond to the show today. I'm not fully sure how this works, so I hope that this is okay. Instead of doing an email. Um, I really love your show. I've been listening for a while. And then today you had the guy come on and talk about how he likes to come up behind his wife and caress her. And his wife has asked him multiple times over the past 15 years and twice this weekend not to do that. And he continues to do so, claiming that the Bible gives him the right to touch his wife's breast in this way. And you were pretty clear about I think they both have... Say here. They both have a reason. And I actually was really hoping that you guys would come down on like, you know, using the Bible as an excuse to touch your wife in a way that she has clearly and repeatedly communicated makes her uncomfortable is not okay. That's actually kind of abusive. And um, in fact, like, there are countries where that passage is utilized To including ours, to justify marital rape. Like, this isn't, and okay, maybe that's not the best example, but I'm just saying, like, from my perspective, if my husband says repeatedly, don't touch me in this way, this very specific way, don't come up behind me and grab me in this way, and I continue to do so, I am disrespecting him. And that's a pretty clear-cut thing. That's not a he has some biblical stuff on his side. no. He doesn't like he needs to respect his wife's request and she has not given him permission to touch her in that specific way. He didn't say she's not letting me touch her breast at all. She doesn't enjoy this particular thing. But if he continues to repeatedly touch her in ways that she tells him are not okay, that's going to really affect the trust and respect in their sex life. And utilizing the Bible to justify that is just not okay. So I actually really hope you guys come back to that conversation and make a stronger statement about that because, um, I think it needs a stronger statement. And also, I really love you guys. I really appreciate all the ways that you are trying to foster intimacy in marriage. And, um, I hope that you would walk that back and, um, say you know it isn't okay to use the Bible to justify disrespectful behavior to yourself.
1: Thanks! Bye! Consider that call our walking it back.
2: Nailed it.
1: Nailed it. This has been Sexy Marriage Radio. We want to hear from you. 214-702-9565 is how you leave us a message and you can be on the show with your questions with what you've got going on or even your feedback from previous shows. We want to hear from you. We ask you also to subscribe. Help us spread, spread the word. the nation. Wherever you are, however you've been listening, thanks for taking some time out of your day to spend it with us.